Hey guys, this is The Gathering Podcast. Really glad you've decided to check us out. We have teachings from Sunday mornings. We have what we call cold reading, where we read scripture that we'll be looking at this coming Sunday. And occasionally we'll have a testimonial or an interview with somebody who helps with The Gathering. Hope that you enjoy this, and let's dive into today's content. Last week we talked about some of the last things that Jesus says to his disciples to prepare them for him leaving, going to his death, and ultimately leaving them. And he gave them this word. He said, remain or abide in me, which means just hold on. And, and we talked about remaining in Jesus. He's, he's the truth that we need to be an anchor. But in today's scripture, which is the passage right after last week's, he, he emphasizes another point. And I, I think this is, this is the more important point because we can know all the right answers. We can have studied the Bible. We can know Jesus' words. We can, we can have everything perfectly set up in our head and still miss it in our heart. And this is something that Jesus constantly taught his disciples when he talked about what it meant to be a Christian, when he talked about what it meant to live in this kingdom, that it wasn't about the, the appearance on the outside. It wasn't about status. It wasn't about social um, principles. It wasn't about any of these other things that for so long had dominated their culture, but it was about the heart that was made right with God. And so today's scripture comes from John 15, verses 9 through 17. I'll read it and you guys can follow along up here. Verse 9 starts, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples as the Father has loved me. So have I loved you. Oh, I think I skipped a verse. I'm sorry, guys. And the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servants do not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. So Jesus points out that just knowing him, just having all the answers is not enough. But that to, to truly remain in him, to truly love him, means that we'll follow the commands that he's given. And the command that he's given is to love one another. And he takes it a step further and says, love one another as I have loved you. And the ultimate picture of that love is going to be the cross in Jesus' self-sacrificing, no selfishness involved, going to the cross to purchase us for the Father, to pay for our sin, to take care of what keeps us from Him. And this is the love that He calls us to live in. And if you look, I don't have the scripture up here, but it was one that that crossed my mind because it reminded me of why Jesus is making this particular topic so big of a deal. Why love is such a central part of our faith. In Matthew 24, 
verses 10 through 13. This is in the middle of kind of Jesus explaining to the disciples the end times, which that's a very scary term that can often drive us into some very dangerous places if we're not prepared, if we don't take love with us. But he says this in the middle of all the, the things that are going on in the, in the world that are, are showing us the end of times and the, the end of a certain civilization or culture as you would, but also in the very end, he says this, and then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. It is imperative to our faith that we also remain in love. That we not only love Jesus, that we not only make ourselves in line with his declarations of truth, but that we hold in our hearts a love that goes to one another. We forget that a lot of times how, how simple love is and how important it is until it's not there. You know, I know that, that when you, you get married and you start out, you have that honeymoon phase and, and everything is perfect and, and nothing gets on your nerves. But as you grow closer, as you continue, you know, some of those things kind of fade away and, and, and you really have to learn to love the other person. You really have to learn to look past those things and, and to say, do I still love them even though they put their toothpaste away the wrong way or they, they put the groceries in the wrong way or whatever? You know, all of those things that we get past. Do we still love? And this is, this is the heart, I think, of this last year. It, it, it seems like as things are opening up, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but it seems like there's just this weight Everywhere that you go, whether it's the store, whether, you know, it's going, you know, to the gym, whatever, when, when you're out and about around other people, for as long as we've been wearing masks and as long as we've been guarding ourselves from others, it seems like there's just this wall between everybody. You know, there's this awkwardness that comes through and, and it's not just about the mask and things, but, but I feel like we're, we're guarded and, and we don't want to let anybody else in, maybe because we're afraid that we'll offend them or maybe we're afraid that we'll be criticized them, but we, we keep going back to this, this just life isn't the way it was, and so I'm going to withhold myself. I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to hurt somebody else. And so we're paralyzed by these lies that seem to be coming around us. But Jesus' words are breaking through those lies. And I want to go to another scripture from 1 John 3.16, not John 3.16, but 1 John 3.16, where Jesus, is, his words are echoed in one of his disciples' letters. He says, by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for others. Do we live like that? Are we living this life that echoes Jesus' love? Or are we just taking in what we can get for ourselves? And it's, it's easy when, when things are so hostile, you know, you, you can't hardly say anything anymore without somebody just like rearing up and getting so upset. And, you know, we look at things, they call it cancel culture now, where if you say the wrong thing, you'll get canceled. And it's, it's not like it's happening to us down here. It's mainly like big companies and stuff like that. But we're worried and we're afraid. You know, if, if I say the wrong thing about current events, is, is somebody, somebody going to look at me as a bigot? If, if I even talk about, you know, my work or if I talk about what's going on, you know, is somebody going to look at me the wrong way? Are they going to judge me? And this is hard because our, our world becomes increasingly more public, you know, whether we like it or not, thanks to social media and stuff like that. 
And, and whereas it seemed like before we could agree to disagree and see things differently and still continue in friendship, now these, these hard lines are being made and, and it's like, no, if, if we don't agree 100% on everything, then, then I don't want nothing to do with you. And is that what Jesus has called us to do? I, I look at Jesus' life really hard and I see how Jesus ate with sinners People who were the total opposite direction of of the way that he was going. Not to affirm what they were doing and not to say, it's okay that you continue like this, but to show them that they could be welcomed back to God. That he wasn't going to put this wall between him and others. Jesus went to the poor, the sick, all of these outsiders. He even ministered to his political enemies. In in one case, a soldier from the the Roman Empire that was occupying them came and says, Jesus, I, I need my daughter healed. And, and it's one of the most incredible stories because Jesus looks at this man who, who tells him, you know, you don't even have to come. Just say the word and I know she'll be healed. And, and he marvels at this faith. And it's somebody that, that took, they shouldn't have any business being anywhere near Jesus. But he doesn't look at that. <clears throat> Jesus didn't obsess over his social status. He didn't worry about how his actions were perceived. And in fact, sometimes he, he had to do things to break through those walls. To show people that what mattered was reaching these others, healing people, bringing them close to God. He focused on what God had called him to do and who he called him to be with. And he challenges us to love like he did. To, to put aside our rank, to put aside our position, whatever it is, however low or however high it is, and to love others with this self-sacrificing love. Do we do that? Do we challenge ourselves to look at others not the way the world does? Because Jesus constantly had to remind his disciples not to line up with the way the world does. Not to say, you know, I'll cook dinner for this person because, man, I know they know how to barbecue and, man, maybe they'll bring me some of those ribs the other day. Or, you know, looking at what we can get out of a situation. I'll confide in this person because when the time comes, I know that they'll be there for me. Those things should come naturally out of relationships. But if they're our motivation, then then the Bible says that we're no better than unbelievers, doing what we can to receive what we can. Do we trust God with our rewards when we love others, when we give to others? Or is it from some deep selfish motive? The I want to go to another end times scripture, and I'm, it's crazy how many times I'm referencing end times apocalyptic literature, talking about love. But this other scripture from Revelation 3, Jesus is talking to the churches, and he's trying to give them a word of encouragement. And this is hard to hear, but sometimes in order to encourage somebody not to run off of a cliff, you have to tackle them, and you have to turn them around, and you have to give them some hard words sometimes. But Jesus is talking to this one church, and this is a famous scripture that sometimes gets a little mixed up. But it's Revelations 3, verses 14 through 16. It says, To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, The words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. All this means is, this is for the people in Laodicea, and Jesus is telling them this. It says, I know your works. You're neither hot or cold. Would that you were either hot or cold, so that because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say I am rich, Oh, sorry, and that's going into another part. He looks at them and he says, look, you're, you're neither hot nor cold. And, and I just want to focus on this little thing. It doesn't mean that God wishes that you were either for him or against him. 
Some people take that and, and mean like, well, he wishes that we were hot, like on fire for Jesus and like running around slapping people with evangelism and telling them about the good news or we're cold. We're just like, I don't want anything to do with you, Jesus. And we're just in between Christians. That's not what he's talking about. What, what it means is, is I wish that you were useful because back in the day, you know, they didn't have the tap water and hot water heaters. So they had to have hot water from a specific source or cold water from a specific source in order for it to be useful. And we all know what happens when, when water's just stagnant and it's not hot or cold and it just sits around. It's just, it gets horrible and we end up with mosquitoes the size of vultures and they're just trying to take our children and little dogs, which is maybe what's going on right now in Uvalde. But... Uh, Maybe it's just the, the pessimism from this whole year that makes us think the mosquitoes are worse this year. I think they've always been this bad, but it's just they're under a magnifying glass now. But anyways, Jesus is telling them this story because in, in this town in Laodicea, and you can only know this if you, if you study a little deeper in the history. It's not written elsewhere in the Bible, but, but close to Laodicea was this other city that had a hot spring. And there was an aqueduct that took that water closer to Laodicea. But by the time it got there, it, w- it wasn't able to be used the way hot water would be used for, for medicine or cleaning and things like that. And then there was another spring that was a cold spring in another city that came close to Laodicea. But by the time it got there, it was, it was lukewarm. It, it couldn't be a refreshing drink. It couldn't be um, hot and able to clean. It just, it was useless. And so Jesus warns us in this scripture not to be useless. To, to be hot, to be cleansing, to be cold, to be refreshing, to have a purpose for the Lord. And where does our purpose come from? It, it, it comes in many different ways, but the thing that must be manifested in our usefulness is our love, to love one another, to look out for each other, to go out of the way even when it's inconvenient. And believe me, love will show up when it's inconvenient. And outside of the honeymoon phase, outside of the new best friend phase, when things are continuing and dragging on, will we love others? Love that holds on when, when everything else walks away. It's so easy these days to just get offended and just, you know, break up, you know, and, and cut people off and get them out of our lives. I mean, it's happening even more and more within families. Used to, you know, you, you couldn't get rid of your family if you didn't want to, you know. And, and now people are just cutting each other off and, and, and we're becoming more isolated. And, and that's a dangerous place, especially for Christians, to be isolated. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 7 is the love chapter. It's the love scripture. People read it at their weddings. And I think it's important that we take a close look at this if we're talking about love can follow with me up here. It says, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. This may be a really hard scripture to look at when we're supposed to remain in love. One of the things that, that they always taught us at summer camps or, or when we're, we're learning how to teach this is if you take your name and replace it with love and you know, say, Sam is patient, Sam is kind, and it's like, oh no, I'm not patient, I'm not kind. You know, but if we look through that scope, it's, it's a good way to gauge, are we loving? Are we remaining in Christ's love? And some of these are, are pretty difficult to live out. I'm not irritable or resentful. Well, depending on who we're talking about. But don't we know that God wants our whole heart? 
that Jesus wants everything in here, whether it's dealing with sibling issues, whether it's dealing with, with rejection, whether we're dealing with our own mistakes, our own sins. Christ wants to deal with everything in here to make us whole and to draw us to be a loving tool for him in this world. I don't think things are necessarily going to get easier. I think we're going to see more people be more superficial and it's going to be hard to find those genuine relationships. And, and if we want those genuine relationships, we're going to have to be people who truly love others, who will allow them to come into our lives, who will be like Christ, who will love others when they don't love us. Now, that doesn't mean that we just let people walk all over us and do what they want and abuse us and things like that. But are we willing to continue to seek after those people, to pray for them, to move for them and not just against them? It's hard. And it's, it's only by the grace of God that this can be realized. That if we, if we look to Him, because I know in, in my selfish nature and my flesh, I don't want to love others that have hurt me. I don't want to love others that disagree with me. It's really hard. One time I, I went and helped somebody out and, and I, I probably told you all this story, but it just, it just stung me so much because they called for help and I was like, oh, I just had a big discussion about our political differences or whatever, or something like that back when things were really hot. And I was like, God, but if, if I help them, then they're going to think I agree with them or something like that. And, and it's, it's hard because Christ tells us to love our enemies, to pray for those who persecute us. Do we, do we see others just in terms of their status and how much they look like us? Or are we willing to love them in spite of the differences? And, and if we struggle with it, the only, thing, the only thing I know to do is to look at Jesus. When I have those kinds of disagreements, when there's those kind of people in my life, and I say, God, I don't want to love that person because of what they've done to me. I don't want to love that person because I don't want them to win Whatever, I have to look at Christ and how he walked every step to the cross knowing that people were making fun of him, they were spitting on him, they were hitting him, they, they crucified him, and he looked at the soldiers around and even for the men who were doing the work, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. When I look at Jesus, all of a sudden my issues can be put into perspective. When I focus on him, of course, if I stay focused on myself, I won't let go of that resentment. I'll hold on to that hurt. I'll hold on to that baggage. Whatever it is that keeps me from loving others, I'll keep a record of wrong. But if I look at Jesus, if I focus on him, what his perfect love is, then I can be transformed. I can renew my mind. I can learn that it's not about keeping score in this world. No matter how good things are, no matter how bad things are, it's all about following him to love others. There's something so much greater than just what we have right here in this flesh, in this world right now. As good as things are and they can be, there's something so much better. And Christ wants us to be rid of these chains in our heart, these things that hold us, these things that, that control us, anger, jealousy, resentment. He wants us to love like he has loved. And when you find yourself struggling, look at how he's loved. Look at what he's done. 
Look at how he's loved and take every step. And if you have to do it every day, then go after him. Some things, some healing takes time. There's some brokenness in our heart. I'm not just going to admit that you'll deal with all of your issues as soon as you accept Jesus into your heart. There'll be things from our past. There'll be things that he will be there with us every step of the way and won't let us go. But we focus on him to love like him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for Jesus. God, for the love that he continues to pour out on us through my failures, my mistakes, sin in my heart, he does not hold back. God, I pray for our hearts to be softened, to be like yours. And in the middle of everything going on in our world, Lord, I pray that we can focus on you. We can see you for direction. We can see you for hope. And God, as as we find ourselves against walls, as we find ourselves without answers, I pray that we would learn to lean on you even more. Grow that love inside of us each day. Help us to trust you, Lord. That you have promised to be with us every step. And you who don't let go. Make us into a light for the world to see. And when we fall, Lord, help us to fall on Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey guys, thanks for joining us again and look forward to hopefully seeing you one day at the gathering or if you're just a digital subscriber, keep listening. Send us your prayer request and uh, reach out to us if you need anything. Have a blessed week.